This is Bigger Pockets Daily, where you learn how to invest in real estate, 365 days a year. I'm your host, Tyler. The following article comes from the blog at biggerpockets.com, but you can't read the blog when you're commuting to work or getting your Airbnb ready for your next guest. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. What does the Supreme Court's eviction moratorium ruling mean? By Matt Meyer. Last week, the U.S. Supreme Court denied a request to block the CDC from imposing their eviction moratorium, giving the federal moratorium another month of life. The ruling came from a court split 5-4, to four, with Justice Kavanaugh and Chief Justice John Roberts joining Justices Sotomayor, Kagan, and Breyer to block the request made by real estate trade associations and landlords. The moratorium was set to expire on June 30th, but CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky imposed a final extension until July 31st. Moratoriums across states have been interpreted and carried out differently. Some states have kept evictions alive as long as certain parameters are met. Federal stimulus provided relief funds to renters and landlords across the country. Earlier in the year, Congress appropriated nearly $50 billion in rental relief. But it was reported in February that back rent could fall anywhere between $8 billion to a whopping $52 billion and that number is probably higher now. Plus, rental assistance has had a slow start, featuring plenty of glitches. How the Supreme Court reached its decision Unlike with traditional cases, the Supreme Court typically doesn't give reasons for rulings in emergency cases. However, Justice Kavanaugh offered us a concurring opinion, expressing his hesitancy to vote in favor of the moratorium while understanding the logic behind it. 
The Center for Disease Control and Prevention exceeded its existing statutory authority by issuing a nationwide eviction moratorium, wrote Justice Kavanaugh. Because the CDC plans to end the moratorium in only a few weeks on July 31st, and because those few weeks will allow for additional and more orderly distribution of the congressionally appropriated rental assistance funds, I vote at this time to deny the application. In essence, his vote was cast on the basis of time. Because the moratorium has been in place since the early days of the pandemic, an extra month won't make much difference in his eyes. Furthermore, some reports indicate that as much as 15% of renters are behind in rent, amounting to roughly 11 million Americans who are in desperate need of rental assistance. Adding fuel to the fire, reports indicate a massive backlog in rental assistance, with many applications taking months to evaluate and approve. The most recent evidence comes from Oregon, where the past six weeks have seen $90 million in requested assistance but only 700,000 being distributed. Justice Kavanaugh did state that, in order for the CDC to extend the moratorium past July 31st, there would need to be clear and specific congressional authorization. Otherwise, the CDC does not have the authority to keep the moratorium in place. The Opposition Four justices voted in favor of striking down the moratorium. The moratorium's initial challengers explained that the CDC shifted the pandemic's financial burdens from the nation's 30 to 40 million renters to its 10 to 11 million landlords, most of whom, like applicants, are individuals and small businesses, resulting in over $13 billion in unpaid rent per month. Because the moratorium does not cancel rent, but simply defers it, the challengers said that the CDC created an environment where the backlog of rent will never fully be repaid. In reality, they wrote, the eviction moratorium has become an instrument of economic policy rather than of disease control. Strangely enough, the CDC's supposed ability to impose a nationwide moratorium stems back to a law passed in 1944 called the Public Health Service Act. The law grants powers to the CDC that allow them to create measures to stop the spread of disease. In the CDC's view, they had the power to impose moratoriums because evictions would enable the further spread of COVID-19. Despite federal district courts contesting the CDC's actions, the Supreme Court found that given Congress's decision to briefly extend the moratorium themselves in December, that there was validity to the moratorium. In closing, despite the complications and seemingly contradictory statements, the eviction moratorium has been extended until the end of July on the federal level. What happens after the moratorium ends is yet to be known. It's highly unlikely that rental assistance will be fully distributed by the end of the month, let alone at a faster pace than now. That's today's show. We'll see you tomorrow. But in the meantime, check out the Bigger Pockets bookstore at biggerpockets.com/store. You can learn about flipping, rental properties, negotiating, note investing, brr, and more. Most titles are available as audiobooks, too. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in 24 hours.